Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church, where our goal is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. To learn more about Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Josh Murray. All right, well, good morning, church family. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Hey, it's good to see you. I want to welcome you to Canyon Creek. I also want to welcome those who are joining us online from home for our live stream service. We're glad that you're tuning in today for the second week of the year and the second week of this series that we're in called Reset. And we're talking about this new beginning that is a new year and how we can start fresh in this new year. And last week, we started out by talking about our willpower and how it just doesn't work. Right, how our willpower isn't enough. And we talked about how if we want to change something in our lives, we need to create goals that involve spiritual transformation instead of behavioral modification. And I don't know about you, but I get a little bit discouraged when I think about New Year's resolutions and when I think about how the things I wanted to change last year are often still the things that I want to change this year. Has that ever happened to you? Right? Have you ever had the same New Year's resolution for two years in a row, maybe three or five, right? I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it seems like my goals, my resolutions, they bleed over from year to year. You know, sometimes I come into a new year and I have the same goals that I had last year and I just never got around to doing them. So often we try so hard to make the changes that we want to make in our lives and we succeed for a day or a week or two weeks or even a month, but then we end up falling back into our old way of life. We fall right back into the habit that we're trying to quit. We fall right back into the sin that we're trying to overcome. We fall right back into the old way of life. So if you had a goal going into this new year and you're still keeping it, I want to congratulate you this morning. All right, you've made it nine days and you should be proud of that. And if you keep it, if you keep it all the way to February 1st, you're like a superstar because 80% of people give up on their goals or their resolutions by the 1st of February. Why is that? Why do we give up so easily? Why do we fail so quickly? Today, we're gonna find out looking at God's word. I'm willing to bet that almost all of us are either trying to start something new or stop something old. And if we don't do it the right way, we're gonna end up falling right back into our old way of life. Maybe you wanna stop doing something and you make it, you're doing well, you've got a few days under your belt, you've got a week under your belt and you can keep going for a little while, but you might eventually get sucked back into that. Maybe you wanna start doing something like reading through the Bible this year, praying more, whatever it may be, then you miss a day. And one day becomes two days, and then two days becomes a week, and then a week becomes a month. And over time, you completely forget about what you wanted to start. And I don't know what it might be for you this year, but it's still early enough in the year for you to be trying really hard. Or maybe you're waking up every day and you're trying and you're trying to get through the day. You're trying to keep what you said you were going to do. You just keep trying really hard. You're trying to read your Bible every day. You're trying to pray every morning and every night. You're trying to save money. You're trying to eat less McDonald's, right? And eventually you get tired of trying and you give in and you go back to your old way of life, right? Why is it that we try so hard to change, but we end up falling back into the old patterns. We talked about discipline last week, 
right? We talked about how we have to make the choice to choose what we want most in the long term over what we want today. We need that spiritual transformation that God promises us through his word. And today I want to take a look at a question that Paul asks in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's almost sarcastic. He says, don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way to win the prize. Let's pause right there for a second. This was 2,000 years ago. There were no participation trophies, all right? These people were a lot tougher than we are today. And Paul asked this question almost sarcastically. And he says, don't you know that all the runners race, but only one of them receives the prize? He says, don't you know that all the runners run, but only one wins? And he says this, he says, run in such a way to win the prize. Paul's telling us to run to win, all right? Verse 25, he says, now everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. He says, so I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Paul's using a very competitive metaphor. And the Corinthians would have clearly understood what he was saying. Corinth was a city in Greece and the people of Greece understood competition because they hosted the Isthmian Games, which were like the Olympic Games. And these Isthmian Games, they had very specific competitions. If you were born in Corinth, you would train and you would enroll in a competition. You could wrestle, you could race, you could run, you could race chariots, you could box. Believe it or not, they even had poetry reading contests in the Isthmian Games. And how many of you know, when you recite poetry, you, you recite to win, all right? That's what Paul's saying. He's talking about this group of people that understand the importance of competition and the thrill of victory. And this is what he says, verse 24, let's read it again. He says, don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize. One run in such a way to receive the prize. How many of you love winning? No one in this room loves winning more than Sam. <laughs> if you ever play a game with Sam, your best bet is just to let him win. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. But we like winning, right? Notice Paul did not say, just run to finish the race. That's not what Paul said. Paul said, run in such a way to win the race. He says, if you're gonna run the race, you're gonna run to win. So we need to run to win, all right? If you look back through scripture, God gave his people some pretty lofty assignments. In the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. He gives them this assignment. He says, go out and fill the earth and subdue it. He tells Adam and Eve to reproduce and conquer and kill something and eat it and start all over again. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a parable about a master who gave three of his servants different talents. And two of these guys, they went out to compete, right? They played to win. They invested what they had. They multiplied it. They doubled their investment and their master came back. And what did he say to them? He said, well done, you won, good job. But the third guy, he didn't run to win. 
right? He kept what he had and he didn't invest it and his master called him wicked and lazy, all right? And the very last thing that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven in Matthew chapter 28, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. He's giving his disciples this instruction. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Notice he didn't tell the disciples to sleep in and mosey around and be mediocre and earn a participation trophy. He tells them to go into all nations and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God gives people lofty assignments. And if we're gonna run, we need to run to win. So why is it then that we aren't winning? Why is it that we aren't making progress? Why aren't we able to change? Why aren't we able to stop the things we wanna stop? Why aren't we able to continue doing the things we're trying to start? Why aren't we achieving the goals we want to achieve? Why aren't we changing? I think the answer is this. We've been trying for too long. That's the reason. We're not changing because we've been trying for way too long. Think about it. In the most important areas of our lives, we've adopted a system of trying. I'm trying to give God my best. I'm trying to serve God. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to love like Jesus loved. I'm trying to go to church every week. I'm trying to read my Bible every day. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to stop doing that thing that's sinful. I'm trying to stop being negative. I'm trying to be more loving. I'm trying not to worry so much. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to exercise. I'm trying not to think lustful thoughts. I'm trying not to lose my temper. I'm trying to do the best I can. We try, we try, we try. In the most important areas of our lives, our strategy is trying. And that's not good enough. Willpower doesn't work. So we need to stop trying and we need to start training because trying is never going to achieve consistent results, but training will. Trying never changes anything for very long. Training is an entirely different mindset and perspective. Let's think about the difference between trying and training. Trying is an attempt to change with little commitment or no commitment. It's a half-hearted attempt We say, I'm trying my best. I just gave you a hundred examples. I'm trying to be more godly. I'm trying not to be lazy. I'm trying to get into better shape. When you're trying, it almost implies that you're planning to fail. There's no commitment. You're just trying. It's just a hope. It's just a wish. All right, training is different. Training is a wholehearted commitment to achieve a very specific result. If you're trying, you're showing up hoping for a better result. I hope this works out. I'm trying. But when you're training, you've got a plan. When you're training, you have a strategy. When you're training, you've got the eye of the tiger, right? What did Rocky Balboa do? He trained. You're not trying, you're running to win. You're training. There's intentionality behind it. There's purpose behind it. When you're trying, you give up when it gets difficult and you say, well, I tried. But when you're training, You don't act according to your feelings. You act according to your commitment. Trying and training, they're very different. For example, if you're gonna run a marathon, what's gonna happen if you show up and try? It's not gonna work out, all right? I promise, you're gonna fail. And if you don't believe me, go sign up for the next one and give it a try. 
all right? If you wanna run a marathon, you're gonna have to train. You're gonna have to get out there and run. You're gonna have to find the right shoes. You're gonna run every day, running, running, running until you can run 26 miles. You'll never be able to run a marathon if you just try. You have to train. And everything in life is the same way. Look again at verses 25 through 27. Paul says, now everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. He says, so I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Paul, notice what he says. Everyone who competes exercises self-control, all right? Another translation says, everyone who competes goes into strict training. And the Greek word that is translated there as strict training is the same word that we translate in our English language as agony, all right? It means to contend for victory. It means we're straining every muscle and every nerve trying to reach our goals. Trying is a half-hearted attempt. Training takes every bit of strength that we have and even some strength that we don't have. And it strains us. It strains our nerves, our muscles toward the goal and purpose for which God has created us, all right? So when an athlete wanted to compete in the ancient Isthmian games, they would go into a strict year-long training program in Greece. And essentially what this meant is that for a year, they were devoted to training. They quit their jobs. They often moved from their family and went into this intentional, rigorous training regimen that included an extremely strict diet. They exercised for hours and hours every single day. They exposed themselves to extreme cold and extreme heat. They even ate sand. All right, no joke, look it up. They didn't train to compete, they trained to win. But when we're competing, when if you're an athlete, if you're a competitor, if you're fighting for something that matters, if you have a vision, a dream, a goal, if you have an assignment from heaven, which we all do, trying without training is gonna set us up for failure. So we don't wanna just show up and run, we wanna run to win, right? We're trying, not trying to honor God with our lives, we're in training to do what he has called us to do. There's a big difference, all right? Here's some, some practical steps. If you're trying to read the Bible every day, make a plan. I'm gonna wake up 15 minutes earlier every day and that 15 minute period of time is going to be my Bible time and I'm not gonna miss it. If you're trying to pray more, set the alarm earlier. Make a list of prayer points that you wanna pray through on your phone. If you're trying to eat healthier, plan ahead. Training involves a plan. Trying just says, I'm just gonna try it by my, by my own power, my own strength. One of my favorite passages of scripture is found in one of Paul's letters to Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter four. And he gives him these instructions. And then Paul tells him this. He says, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching you followed. He says, but have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. And then he says this, rather train yourself in godliness. He says, train yourself in godliness for the training 
of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Notice what Paul says. He says, train yourself in godliness. Let's think about what he didn't say to Timothy, okay? He didn't say, all right, Timothy, I want you to try your best to be godly, right? That's not what he said. He didn't say, wake up and give it your best shot. What did he say? He said, train yourself to be godly, All right? When it comes to following Jesus, it's not ever going to be about how hard you try. It's going to be about how well you train. So what I wanna ask you is, what are you doing to train? How are you training yourself to be godly? We need to wake up and start training. We need to quit trying and start training. We need a different mindset. We need a game plan. We need a strategy. We need to train. Because what's gonna happen is when a trial comes into your life, you're going to react the way that you trained. All right. So what is training? Very simply this. Training is doing what I can today to enable me to do more tomorrow. Training is consistently doing everything I can do today so that I can do even more tomorrow. For example, let's go back to the marathon thing. Can you run a marathon today? Most people would probably say no, but can you walk a mile? Sure. You can walk a mile today and you can walk a mile and a half tomorrow. You can train. Can you get out of debt by the end of the month? Probably not. But can you save $5 this week to start working towards your goal? Yeah. I can save $5 this week. I can save $6 next week. We can train. Can you break free from the strongholds of this life by the end of the week? Probably not. But you can open up your Bible and start absorbing God's word today. You can read a chapter today, two chapters tomorrow. You can train yourself. When we're in training, we do what we can today to enable us to do what we can't do today tomorrow. Does that make sense? You need to start training. Paul says, train yourself in godliness. Allow God to give you his power one day at a time. And if you start today, I promise you'll be able to do even more tomorrow. Let's look one last time at how intentional Paul is. He says, I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body. I bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I won't be disqualified. Paul says, I'm not running aimlessly. I'm not punching the air, right? Instead, I'm disciplining myself. I'm exercising self-control. I'm training. He's not just trying. He's intentional. He's got it figured out. He's got a plan. He's got a strategy and he's living by it. So when it comes to becoming the person that God is calling you to become, you need to stop trying and you need to start training. Training isn't a hopeful experiment. It's a devoted commitment driven by purpose and intentionality. And we need to internalize this and we need to apply it to our situations, right? Instead of trying to be a better person, we need to train ourselves to be more like Jesus, Instead of trying to have a better marriage, we need to have a great marriage and training. 
Instead of trying to be a godly parent, we need to be a godly mother or a godly father in training. Apply it to your situation. I'm not trying to be more loving. I'm in training to be the best representative of Jesus that I can possibly be. Disciplined in the word of God because I'm in training, right? I'm training for humility because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. I'm not trying to be more patient. I am truly training myself to look at situations with more patience. So what is it that you've tried to change, but you can't? Maybe you've been trying too hard. Maybe you've been trying too long. Maybe you've been trying with all of your willpower and it's waning, but you need the power of heaven to help you change. I'm telling you, if you can change your mindset from trying to training, it's gonna change something in your life. So stop trying to become something else in the future and start training to be more like the person God is calling you to be today. If you run to win, you'll experience success and God's definition of it, amen. Let me pray for you today. Father, we come before you and we just ask that you would help each and every one of us to become more like Jesus. God, we wanna glorify you in everything that we do. So help us to stop trying to change in our own power and start training ourselves in godliness. We know that behavioral modification doesn't work. So we pray, God, that you would transform our lives. We pray that you would give us those strategies, that you would give us those plans, that you would help us to train ourselves to be godly. Help us to train ourselves to represent you in all that we do. Help us to train ourselves to be more and more like the people that you created us to be. And we believe, God, that you'll empower us. We believe that you'll help us. We believe that the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is alive in us. So help us, God, to stop trying and start training well. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online and you've been trying and trying and trying for so long, but you haven't been able to change the things in your life that need to be changed. Maybe you're trying in your own power and you're ready to tap into that power that God can give you. You can experience forgiveness and salvation in a relationship with Jesus Christ because God sent him to this world and he lived a perfect life and he died a sinner's death on a cross and he was buried in a tomb, but he came out of it alive so that we could be forgiven, so that we could know him, so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him. So if that's you today and you wanna place your faith and your trust in Jesus, I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Church, let's make this our prayer together today. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. So today I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life so that I can know you and trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I give it all to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church. If you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus or would like to get connected with Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org forward slash connect and fill out a connect card. Thanks again for joining us.